Here's to the best spring ever in this season's must-have shoes. Find all the styles you need from brands you love at amazing prices right now at DSW. Update your closet with colorful sandals made for sunny days, fresh sneakers perfect for spring looks, and sporty soles ready for new adventures. Whatever you're up to this spring, DSW has the exact right pair for the occasion. Shop must-have spring shoes at your DSW store and DSW.com. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hey, By the Book listeners, Kristen here. Did you know that you can receive a weekly By the Book affirmation mini-sode, plus the rules of every book that we've lived by? It's easy. All you have to do is become a member of our Patreon community. To learn more, go to patreon.com slash listen to buy the book. Again, that's patreon.com slash listen to buy the book, or just look at the episode description from today's show. The following podcast contains barnyard language and some adult content. So maybe listen on headphones if you're at work or around small children. Now, here's the show. Hey, Jolenta. Yes, Kristen. It has been 25 weeks. No, it's only been one week since we live by the lazy genius way. And you know what that means. Well, it definitely means it's time for another By the Book mini episode. That's right. It's time for another Buy the Book epilogue. And this week, we are looking at the aftermath of living by the lazy genius way, embrace what matters, ditch what doesn't, and get stuff done by Kendra Adachi. I was kidding that it's been 25 weeks since we lived by this book, but it just feels that way because we received enough comments to fill 25 weeks of episodes probably of the show. Yes, we did. We heard so much so quickly. This may be a bit longer of a mini episode. Maybe not so many. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess let's get right into all of our feedback. Let's start off with people who love the Lazy Genius Way and they voted for us to live by it. Yes. Rachel says, I read the book and voted for it. For me, it has really helped me ask clarifying questions like naming what is important in any situation and recognizing it's not always the same thing. I like that. Yeah, just because this is the thing that matters to you at this moment doesn't mean it matters every single time. It doesn't mean it matters next week or next year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm all about leg room on a flight. Other times I'm all about making sure I get that overhead storage space. Exactly. <laughs> That's a weird example. Moving on. <laughs> Katie wrote in to say, I love this book. I read it a few months into the pandemic when I was working from home and homeschooling my children for the first time. Embracing seasons of life was really helpful to me. I also really like that the book didn't tell me what I should be doing better, but instead helped me discover what what I wanted to do better, and then provided the strategies to do that. So many self-help books leave me with a new array of shoulds and corresponding guilt when I can't live up to the expectations or advice set forth by the authors. The Lazy Genius did not make me feel that way. 
You know what, Katie? Anything that can help you get through this pandemic? Hell yes. Yes. I'm still trying to get through this pandemic, and it's been two years now. Whether it's sorbet or a book or binging a bunch of shows. Yes. I have leaned heavily on shows, but we're glad this book worked (laughs) for you. Lisa says, the book made me feel better about many of the things I already did and set the ideas down in a more generalized format. I have seven kids, and before the book, I felt a little bad about my shortcuts. Not anymore. No, be proud of those shortcuts. Yes, yes, absolutely. If you can find a way to do something faster or easier, oh my God, that's not something to be embarrassed about. We're applauding you for it. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. But not all of you are fans of the lazy genius way. Rachel with two L's, possibly Rochelle. Sorry if I'm getting it wrong. Rachel says, I did not finish reading the book. I was hoping it was a book for being a genius who is lazy as opposed to a perfectionist who is lazy. Ooh, interesting. Jolenta, this gets to something you were saying as we were living by this book. You felt like it was a bait and switch because you're like, where's the lazy? Right, There's no right. lazy in this. I was like, it's a lots of good hacks, but not a lot about sitting on the couch. <laughs> Allison says, I couldn't help but notice in the book and in your episode that despite all her life hacks, the author is still having a mental and physical breakdown once a month because she's so overwhelmed by housework and parenting. That tells me her principles might be flawed. If they don't even work for her, how will they work for me? Yeah, that is a very good question. And in the Facebook group, someone mentioned that Kendra now thinks it's possibly like related to her menstrual cycle. And this was mentioned in the podcast, but like not in the book. So how are we supposed to know? It's just sort of there towards the intro and you're like, oh, really? Uh, That makes me question. Yeah, sadly, that chapter that mentions this also says that At various points, her breakdowns have not been every month. They've been as frequently occurring for her as every two weeks. So, yeah. So, I don't know if that's menstrual or not. If it's every two weeks, you're having a breakdown and just going to bed. But during the writing of this book, she does not mention her period at all. No, and we're not doctors, so we have no fucking clue. (laughs) Some of you feel the lazy genius way is best suited to a certain type of person. And that type of person is not you. Like Brianna says, some Facebook friends were talking about the lazy genius in passing, so I decided to check it out. But after a few weeks of dabbling in her book and social media, I had to tap out. In all her content, it seemed there was an idealization of homeschooling, having lots of kids, and embracing antiquated heteronormative gender roles. If not from her, then from her followers. If that's your thing, fine. Bonus if you love church, but that's not who I am. Mm, Yeah, we heard this from a few different folks out there that maybe it's not even Kendra herself, but it's her followers who maybe make you feel like maybe this isn't the best fit for me. So interesting. Yeah. And Jillian says, I think this book might resonate more with people who really struggle with a need to meet societal expectations. I already mostly don't care about having a clean house (laughs) or whatever. And a lot of the book, frankly, seemed obvious to me. Mm. Go Jillian. I love that you don't care about societal expectations. Hot (laughs) takes. Yeah, people who are coming sort of up against these expectations that schools or communities or, you know, families may have of them and how to cope with that. Yeah, I mean, I have to say that I have spent a lot of my life 
I think I've talked about it on the show a few times. I wasted years, honestly, worrying way too much about what were other people thinking? What mm-hmm. what do people think about this? Are they looking at me this way? Do they think I'm fucking this up? And um, it took a really long time for me to just get to the point where I'm like, fuck it. I don't care what you think. But it took a long time. I don't think that's something that's easily acquired, no. that sense of fuck it. But no. So I get it. I get worrying about what other people think a lot. And then I get the liberation of just reaching that point of screw all the haters. I don't care. I can't care. <laughs> I cannot. Yes. Uh, I sort of hit that point when I had to buzz off all my hair. And I was like, you know what? It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I have a life to live <laughs> in a sick way. <laughs> That's a weird digression. Oh, literally and figuratively. Mm-hmm. But look, even though we had a rough time with the book, it wasn't all bad. A few of you came away from our episode saying you were buying the book because of our experience. Lex said, because of your show, I got the book and it's helping me so far by crystallizing an approach I was already really close to in a lot of areas and applying it more fully. And even though the host's verdict was lukewarm, what they didn't like is clear and not things that bother me. The fact is, I'm in an egalitarian marriage where I do a lot of the house cleaning and my husband does all the cooking. It actually winds up being really close to 50-50. And with the kids, we try to take on full parenting responsibilities on one parent at a time as often as we can and alternate so the other gets a real break. So when something needs to be done, it really is all on me at that time, if that makes sense. It's not necessarily patriarchal. It's just how we as a couple split the work. Yeah, that makes sense. If you're the like one fully in charge and you're on your own, like in that moment, like, yeah, a lot of these tricks will definitely help make things run smoother more quickly when you're dealing with your kids and just your household in general, for sure. Yeah. One of our criticisms of the book was really, it just seems to be put all on you. But you're saying it's also all on your husband when it's his turn. Right. So it makes sense that it's all on him or it's all on you, one or the other. So that makes a lot of sense, Lex. All right. We're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about some more specific feedback you all have for the two of us. And it's a lot. So (laughs) I think you'll want to hear it. It sure is. Hi, I'm Ariana Maddox. Whether I'm on TV or Broadway, I live by two rules. Follow your dreams and always wear great shoes. That's why I love DSW. Must have shoes that pair well with whatever you've dreamed up for your life. Seriously, DSW has all the shoes you need for everything from errand days to date nights. And they're from top brands at prices you can totally brag to all your friends about. That's why I've partnered with DSW to create a collection of shoes I know you'll love. Because let's be real, whether I'm dancing on TV, teaching you how to make the perfect cocktail in my best-selling book or starting a whole new venture. It's all about the shoes. Find the shoes to do all the amazing things you do in my new collection at your DSW store or DSW.com. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. 
All righty. We are back with listener comments about the lazy genius way. Embrace what matters, ditch what doesn't, and get stuff done by Kendra Adachi. And now, Jolenta, the listeners have some specific feedback for us and how we lived by the book and what our perceptions are of the world Mm -hmm. and how our marriages might be different from theirs. Yes, Uh, they do. Let's get to some of those. Yeah, yeah. Let's start with the topic of men and how getting them to chip in isn't always easy. Katie says, in the verdict, Jolenta and Kristen asked, where's the author's husband in this book? Women managing households and parenting in a patriarchal society are asking ourselves, where are the husbands every day? The demands of work, parenting, and household management are crushing us, and getting our husbands to take on a different role than their fathers is a slow process. This struggle impacts us every minute of every day and causes incredible strain on some marriages, mine included. I think most of us are doing our best to balance the societal expectations and needs of our family while encouraging a more equal division of labor in our households. But expectations put on moms will not go away just because we want them to. Very, very true. We can't deny the fact that a lot of the millennial men that are out there were raised by boomer men and they have some like good old meat and potatoes like women's work and men's work values. Speaking of societal expectations, Jolenta, many of the listeners feel we just did not give enough attention to those expectations in our episode. Rebecca says, even having a spouse that is super involved and a division of labor that is super egalitarian does not negate the pressure that is put on women. It's still all on you in the eyes of your community and family. Yeah, that is totally true. Someone in the Facebook group was talking about this as well, saying like, I'm married to a stay-at-home dad, and he gets praised like every time he picks up the kids as though it's like so rare and unique. And like when I do it, like when I get a chance, like no one bats an eye. It's like, yeah, everyone still has a lot of expectations on women. And a lot of people are still sort of like surprised when men are running the show or like pitching in and like, quote unquote, women's work. Yeah. The number of men I'm friends with who have kids who are, you know, either using the language or other people are using the language with them of babysitting their own kids. Mm, mm, Nobody mm, says mm. to women that they're babysitting their own kids, Mm, but like mm. some of the men I'm friends with, they'll be in the grocery store with their kid and people will be like, oh, that's so great. You're babysitting. It's like, what? I'm parenting. I'm not babysitting my kids. Not babysitting if it's your own. (laughs) So yeah, it's something that affects both men and women and non-binary people. Everybody in between these expectations of like, oh, if it's not the mom doing it, you're probably like babysitting and isn't that charitable of you to watch your own children. Right, right. What's interesting is sometimes women perpetuate those patriarchal roles without even intending to. When he says, I think the perpetuation of patriarchy is still very ingrained in our mainstream culture, particularly in how we raise our kids and the gender disparities and expectation of emotional labor. Many of us fall into the same patterns without realizing it until it's too late and it's hard to make changes. Mm, yes. I forgot what book we read a million years ago, Jolenta, but it was essentially saying it's like the boiled frog idea where you don't even right. realize the water's boiling until... 
you're in it so long. Yeah, like, the temperature's slowly going up. Like, these expectations are slowly piling on. And all of a sudden, you're like, ah, like, yeah. I, I, I'm part of it. Yes, I'm part of it. I've been sitting in this hot tub the whole time. I could have gotten out of this hot tub. I could have changed things. I could have sat in, you know, sat in an icebox instead. But then once the temperature reaches a certain point, that realization like, oh, maybe I should have changed the hot tub or maybe I should have moved out of the hot tub. But now I'm boiling. Yeah. Um, but I think that happens to a lot of us where we're like, oh, no, I am part of the problem. <laughs> Whatever the problem is in, you mm-hmm. know, home or workplaces or anywhere else where we don't even realize we're perpetuating expectations on women or gender norms or whatnot. I think that it's not always easy to see when we're doing it ourselves right. until it sucks. Right. And you know what, Kristen? Some people thought we were perpetuating the idea that being a parent is easy. Oh, yes, we got a ton <laughs> of that. I'm just, I'm just going to say right here and now, it got so bad <laughs> that on our Facebook community, we had a little conversation with the moderators and we put a brief moratorium on approving any posts that had to do with motherhood. And it does not matter what side of motherhood you're talking about. We just said we're not approving any more posts like this for a while yeah. because there are some convos going. They're hot. That's enough. <laughs> yeah, it, it was pretty no, tough. No more additional threads needed. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but as you were, Jolenta. <laughs> yes, yes. Linnea says, Jolenta and Kristen suggested that maybe the author should do less, but the idea of doing less rather than doing things smarter is just not an option for a parent. Kids need a lot. Food, all the time. Clothes, care when they're sick, love, attention. The list is long, and teaching kids to do things on their own is not as easy as just telling them to do it. It's a process and it takes time. It is work in its own right. In the meantime, you still need to be able to walk through the house and vacuum once in a while. That sounds very overwhelming. Yes, yes. And just to be clear here, we we didn't mean to minimize the work of parents in any way. But what we were frustrated with was the idea that None of these things in the book actually seem like shortcuts. They didn't feel lazy. Right. Or a lot of the things didn't feel like shortcuts. And the onus seemed to be, based on the book, always, always, always on the woman. So, again, we're not trying to minimize or criticize parents at all here, but that's really what it's about. Ashley said this hit pretty close to home, and she thinks that the discussions on the Facebook community before we, you know, put a pause on motherhood posts. Mm -hmm. Uh, She thinks she knows the reason why people were getting so heated on the page. She says, I think a lot of the anger, resentment, and disappointment that has been reflected in the Facebook community is due to the fact that the verdict assessment hit a little too close to home. Specifically that those of us, myself included, who may live in suburban McMansions or have households that conform to more rigid gender roles may get more out of the book. I don't think it's untrue, but I think people may be taking it more personally than it was meant. As someone who grew up in a fundy light household, that means fundamentalism light, I can absolutely fall into patterns of the patriarchy. One of the reasons I love listening to buy the book is it's a reminder that there are other ways to approach life and partnership than what was modeled for me in childhood. And yeah, maybe being reminded that I should expect more help from my husband and kids stings, but it's not a bad takeaway. Nor should either of you have to moderate yourselves when providing verdicts based on your own experiences. Thanks. I appreciate that. 
And Sarah wrote in to say, hey, just saw the announcement on Facebook and wanted to say, I'm so sorry things got heated enough that feelings were hurt. I'm a mom, but personally had no issue with the episode. You guys can obviously only speak from your personal experience. And I thought the verdict was super fair in that some of the advice improved your lives, but overall the book itself wasn't for you. Anyway, just wanted to send a positive note to counter any negative vibes you're getting. Oh, thanks, Sarah. Mm -hmm. We appreciate it. Speaking of negative vibes, Jolenta, (laughs) we did hear from a few folks out there who felt that maybe we are anti-Christian. They asked the hard-hitting question, do we hate Christians? No. Bridget says, I understand that you felt different from me about the book, and I understand the point about it not being enough lazy and that it felt too mommy bloggerish. but I was thrown for a loop when both of you, in your verdict, cited that you didn't like it because she talks about being a Christian. I had felt like Kendra wrote in a way that shared her experience, but didn't say that this is what other people have to do. I'm assuming that you both want to avoid preachy and judgmental Christians. I do also. But since I'm a Christian, I felt hurt by that being part of your verdict. I'm left wondering if the author was from a different religious perspective. Would you have said the same thing in your verdict? And that is where the hurt is for me. Now I don't feel like I could sit down and have a friendly conversation with you. I feel like you would be predisposed to not like me because I am a Christian, even though in the conversation I would just be sharing my life, not saying that it's what other people have to do. Very good question. For me, it's just I point out when things sort of like take me out of the book or like make me really not relate. And since I'm not religious, I have a feeling like hard mentions of any religion will make me sort of uh, standoffish. In fact, spoiler, I know it will later in this season and not about Christianity. (laughs) Yes, that's true. So for me, it's just things I have a really hard time relating to. It's the same thing that triggers me to point it out when a guy is like, I grew up moderately wealthy and like went to Harvard, but struggled or something like that, where I'm like, oh, I cannot relate to that. And I think I I don't know how many people can. It also can feel like to get to your point, Jolenta, about it can take you out of the book. If your impression picking up a book is like, this is a way to hack and shortcut a lot of the drudgery around the house. And then there's quotes from the Bible that you didn't expect. I feel like you're not alone in that. I mean, because people picking up the book don't necessarily know this about her. They don't necessarily realize, like we didn't realize until we started reading the book. I looked at the back cover and realized that was a Christian imprint that she, you know, is published in. I had no idea. So yeah, I totally get where you're coming from, Jolenton, that This took you out of Mm -hmm. the book. And you are not the only person who feels that way. Jennifer wrote in to say, I'm a former lifelong member of a large, mostly white evangelical church. I'm still a follower of Jesus, but no longer have anything to do with that community. Safe to say I've got some PTSD from the experience. The episode hit on some nerves. The author is definitely someone who is striving to be a Proverbs 31 woman. This passage describes a woman who tirelessly cares for her home, family, and makes money. She does it all. She seems like a praiseworthy woman, and evangelicals hold her up as the standard. Women are made to feel like failures if they can't be this fictional woman, and I spent years feeling like I was doing it wrong. I couldn't always keep my house perfect, and it was years before I finally started making any money. I was a single mom, and the Proverbs 31 woman is a wife of noble character, and her husband has full confidence in her. I shudder to even type that. I was not that woman. 
Everything about this author reminded me of the women I used to attend church with. Unmarried or poor women were looked down upon. The ideal woman is married, has a husband who kept the family dressed in designer labels and drives a fancy SUV or minivan. She is almost always a stay-at-home mom, but she likely has an MLM, like Mary Kay, for example, and she makes a little money. Everything about this book made me cringe. Whoa, whoa. What an interesting perspective and definitely a reason to be sort of like triggered by the book, I would say. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people we know, listen to the show, are spiritual, but have had real trauma with organized religion. We've heard from people, you know, the trauma includes everything from very overt sexual assault cover-ups and abuse cover-ups to things that are preached Mm -hmm. from the pulpit about what roles we should have to the culture of a religious community that may not preach those things, but normalizes certain things that keep certain people down. So, yeah, we know people have a lot of trauma. Um, around religion. So uh, we hope, Jennifer, that after this episode, you can wash your brain, maybe just like look at some puppies, uh, turn to Jesus in the way that works for you and not think about church again for a while. (laughs) But Kristen, I want to move on to a completely different topic. We've hit on this before, I think in quite earlier seasons, and that is Kristen and Jolenta, you should be doing more than just reading the book. Uh, yes, 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 yes. Heather says, I think that if Jolenta and Kristen took a little extra time out of their day and listened to a few of Kendra's podcasts or follow her on social media, they'd learn that she's not just an out-of-touch Christian mommy blogger. In fact, she owns her privilege and even called out Donald Trump for being an affront to what Christianity is really about. If they did their homework, the hosts would know this. Mm. Let's talk about homework for a second, Jolenta. I think our homework should be reading the book and making sure we could suitably pronounce the author's name. <laughs> Apologies for the times we haven't pronounced the author's name And, right. like, sometimes we can't even do that second part because we're just so stuck on, like, the text itself. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, we, we do a lot of homework. Um, we've said it before. We'll say it again. We do such a close reading of every book. We go through every book with a fine-tooth comb. We text back and forth. We call each other. We discuss, like, hold on, I thought it was 14 rules. No, I saw 12. Like, we are very immersed in reading and researching every text we live by. But yeah, it's called by the book. It's not called by the catalog of each author. (laughs) By the body of work. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, we wish we had the time to really dive into the philosophy. But we also want to look at the philosophy that like they chose to sort of like solidify in time for this book that is out there and is often people's introduction to the brand. So like, we want to start with the text. We're a text-based audio show even though sometimes you think an audio show should be more about uh, other people's audio. No, (laughs) we're about other people's texts. Yes. And, you know, Jolenta, you and I also fully accept that some people are only going to judge us based on our book, How to Be Fine, or so you want to start a podcast and never listen to our shows. That's totally fine. If you only listen to those things and that's what you're judging us on, we get it. If you're basing your opinions on us on just those things, we'd love it if you listen to all of our podcasts. But Mm -hmm. if the way we represented ourselves in our books rubs you the wrong way, that's on us because we wrote those books. True. All right, let's get into the nitty gritty. Let's talk about feedback specifically for you, Kristen. Ooh, let's do it. Lana says, with regard to Kristen's question about why parents might be writing out all their children's Valentine's Day homework, 
It's because parents these days helicopter like mad. We don't give our kids the freedom we had to learn and grow by messing up. Fortunately, there's a formidable backlash movement against it all now. Letgrow.org is just one of the places you can go to learn more. Ah, uh, Lana, but not everybody agrees with you about this Valentine's mm-hmm. Day subject. There mm-hmm. were hundreds They're of posts about, about it. They're not talking about helicopters. No, no. no. no there are no helicopters in sight. No, Michelle wrote to say, with regard to Valentine's, I personally think that expectations of parents have increased over time. When I was a kid in the 90s, I didn't do Valentine's Day until elementary school, and it was just a paper Valentine I'd bring for each person in my class. Now I have Mm -hmm. two kids, ages two and four years old, and they both had very involved Valentine's Day parties at their daycare and preschool, respectively. All the parents brought a paper Valentine plus a small gift, such as a tub of Play-Doh, a slap-it bracelet, etc. And yeah, my toddlers are not capable of being involved in prepping those Mm. things at all. It's very weird. I don't know why these parenting norms and expectations keep increasing. Okay, that's crazy. Why would you need to do all that. No, no, that's that's too much. When I was in preschool, they spent a day like making us like desperately try to write out one Valentine like for our parents. Yeah. In- and that was the whole day. I do have to say, I like how the expectations have changed since the 90s, but not the gifts. No. <laughs> <laughs> like that Play-Doh slap bracelet temporary tattoo. <laughs> oh, yeah. Those were all things I was like saving up tickets for at Chuck E. Cheese. Oh my gosh. I just... The expectation but those expectations are rough. That? No. Yeah, no. a two-year-old can't be writing their own shit. Like, we agree. And, like, yeah. I think we weren't thinking about that that really young age range that I guess is now expected to be handing out, like, parcels for their friends. Yes. But Jennifer wrote in to say, I think people are fixating too much on Valentine's. The Valentine's were just an example Kristen gave. The bigger issue is why the wife slash mom is the one who had to do everything for everyone within the book's paradigm. And that's a valid question. Thank you, Jennifer. That really was the bigger question. I mean, the Valentine's stopped me in my tracks. But if you listen back to the episode, less than 30 seconds of the entire episode, which is almost an hour long, mentions the Valentines, it really was just my complete rage and anger by the end of the book of like, where is the husband in this? Why is she doing everything? Why is she doing everything? How much can the husband and the kids do for themselves? Why is everything about mommy doing more? Mommy does more. Mommy does more. Then mommy breaks down. Then she wakes up and Mm -hmm, does more again. mm -hmm. Ugh. It's really about that. You would have thought from our Facebook group for a while that we did a podcast about parents writing Valentine's, though, <laughs> which I loved. I love when something like runs wild that you wouldn't expect. <laughs> but Jolenta, the specific feedback was not just for me. Of course, there's always feedback for you, too. So let's read some of that. Maria said, my favorite part of the episode was when Jolenta delegated a small task to Brad to tidy the living room couch before bed because he's the last one to use it every night. Jolenta, please write a self-help book about this. (laughs) People like me could use it way more than we could use another book on hacking all the housework on our own. Takes time and patience. (laughs) Lots of reminders about like, ooh, 
couch rule. <laughs> and then like him being like, oh, oh, oh. Like, it's almost just so we have a shorthand for this like constant nagging issue. But <laughs> sometimes it does actually get done. Uh without me nagging. I wish there was more of that in the book, though. I really do. I know that was not in the book. When you did it, I called you out on it in the episode, but I was so glad you did it. Delegate. Small battles really make up our lives. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sarah wrote in something super interesting. Sarah says, something Jolanta said made me want to take a poll. My husband and I always go to bed at the same time. We always have. We watch TV together in the evenings, take our melatonin and brush our teeth together, and then go into the bedroom for a sexy round of yelling at the people on House Hunters International who want to live in the medieval section of whatever European city and still want walk-in closets and full-size appliances. And then we pick out a podcast and lights out. I thought this was normal. I thought couples just went to bed at the same time. How many of you do? I'm so curious now. Well, Sarah... Your curiosity is going to be answered because we decided to put a poll up on Twitter and on our Facebook community. And Jalenta, let's read the results back. Over 1,400 of you responded to this question. Ooh, if you are in a cohabitating couple, do you and your partner usually go to bed at the same time? And roughly one-third of you do indeed go to bed at the same time. Interesting. That means the other two-thirds of you are like me, and you go to bed at different times. Sometimes in different beds. Sometimes in different rooms. Yep. Sometimes because someone has a weird night job where they record a podcast <laughs> in a closet. Some of you because you snore or your partner snores, or maybe you're somebody like me who is a burrito sleeper and rolls up all the blankets in a burrito around you at night, and then your poor bedmate <laughs> has to deal with shivering all night. Has to slink in with his own blanket. Yes, that too. Dean Dean does have his own blanket as well. I just want to say I don't mm -hmm. take all the blankets all the time. Oh no, Kristen taught me like you can have a two blanket bed oh, yeah, yeah. and like Absolutely. sometimes it is life changing and very necessary. <laughs> all right, we have been talking for so long. We've got to take a break. But when we come back, we will discuss all of your hashtag kumquat thoughts. Still trying to make that hashtag trend. <laughs> while doing none of the actual work. <laughs> and we'll announce next week's book. We'll be right back. Escape to Ocean City, Maryland, and discover a place that just feels lighter, where every day feels like Saturday and French fries are a food group, where flip-flops are always in fashion and seafood is always in season, where the boardwalk is bustling and the beach is right outside your door where you can rise with the tide and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. Hi, I'm Ariana Maddox. Whether I'm on TV or Broadway, I live by two rules. Follow your dreams and always wear great shoes. That's why I love DSW. Must have shoes that pair well with whatever you've dreamed up for your life. Seriously, DSW has all the shoes you need for everything from errand days to date nights. And they're from top brands at prices you can totally brag to all your friends about. That's why I've partnered with DSW to create a collection of shoes I know you'll love. Because let's be real, whether I'm dancing on TV, teaching you how to make the perfect cocktail in my best-selling 
selling book or starting a whole new venture. It's all about the shoes. Find the shoes to do all the amazing things you do in my new collection at your DSW store or DSW.com. Okay, we're back. Let's talk kumquats. Hashtag kumquat thoughts. <laughs> In our Lazy Genius episode, Dean insisted that only the skin of the kumquat should be eaten. Kristen had been told otherwise, and I insisted the whole fruit was edible, or at least I'd seen some friends eat it whole, so I hoped so. <laughs> and then many of you wrote in to tell us who was right. Yes, and Catherine was the first to swoop in to say, mm -hmm. so in grade school, I remember doing an assignment on different types of fruits and learning that you're supposed to eat kumquats whole, skin included. I've attached a Healthline article which agrees, saying kumquats are best eaten whole, unpeeled. Their sweet flavor actually comes from the peel, while their juice is tart. And Catherine, that explains it all, because Dean just wants the sweet part. <laughs> and I, I want the whole thing. Of but he course. loves some sweets. Right, right. We want the, like, sweet, sour medley. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, Catherine. Yeah, thank you, Catherine. And then also, thank you to everyone who said kumquat cocktails. That's the way to go. We're going to try that, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Need to get on that. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, thank you to everyone who weighed in via email at kristenangelent at gmail.com and on our Facebook community, which is still popping off, facebook.com slash groups slash btb pod it's a private group so like none of your other friends will see all the crazy cool stuff we're saying yes and now jolenta it's time it's the time when we announce next week's book why well, yes it is our next book is ba bum, ba -da -dum, ba -ba -ba. you're not listening what you're missing and why it matters by kate murphy how does she know if i'm not listening does it really matter if I don't care? Hold on. Did you just say something? Uh, she wasn't listening. Get it? <laughs> we sure hope you're listening and not you're not listening next week to hear all about it. <laughs> and that's it for this mini-sode of By the Book. Huge thanks to our amazing superstar production team at Stitcher. Daisy Rosario, Chantel Holder, Corinne Wallace, and Marcus Hom. Thanks also to Nate Wida, who composed our theme song, and the Rizzos, who rock and roll as they perform it for us. And don't forget to stay in touch. Send us your questions, your thoughts, future books you want us to live by. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the handle ByTheBookPod. Find us, talk to us. Yes, and if you haven't already, we'd be so grateful if you took a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you listen. It just takes a moment to hit those five stars and it helps other people find the show. And if you haven't already, tell a friend about the show. Until next time, I'm Jalanta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye the book. Bye-bye-bye. Stitcher. Do you want to set your child up for success? 
Is tutoring out of your budget, or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And How to Be Fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fine. Visit IXL.com slash fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com slash fine.